Greetings and welcome to episode 79 of Cat Fix Podcast, all your your hottest source for the Cat's musical movie news. Uh, casting director Alex Jelena joins I, us today. I would totally be Mr. Mistopheles. All right. And costume designer Patrick Cotter. We're not going to talk about cats. And uh, production assistant Allison. Uh, yeah, we are going to talk about cats, and I would totally be Skimble Shanks, the railway cat. Okay, add the the British Grand Prix to my list of things to talk about, Alex. Collapse. <laughs> <laughs> Strap in. Oh wait, no, sorry, I, I read off the wrong script. Uh, this is the Gaming Fix podcast, where not we... the Cats Fix podcast, where no, we just that, talk about cats. There we go. No, that, uh, I'm really that glad was... I have that as a threat now. Every two weeks, I can talk about a different Grand Prix. <laughs> yeah. Lap by lap analysis. Yes, you know, is what I, it's whatever goes to your flights, your fancy totes, your goat. God, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I don't think I've ever heard that before. Yeah, that's, it's, that's it's whatever expression. totes your goat. I thought you said coats your goat, not, oh. uh, you know, Hey, maybe it's cold. Maybe your goat needs a coat. I don't know. Mm. Just don't yeah i don't know uh video oh, games dear. that's what this podcast is i think <laughs> theoretically uh and we've been playing them i think yeah. uh mostly a lot of sources them. sources say just just in video games allison's been playing a new video game yeah is that is that a segue <laughs> <laughs> Is it? I don't know. <laughs> Pat's been playing video games. Oh no, you're fucking me up over here. <laughs> Dude, nobody, nobody wants it. No, it's the hot. I mean, the worst I, game of hot it, but I thought now I thought you were going around the room. I, no, I was so confused. The worst about game of hot potato that's like ever that. been played. So, Andre, what games have you been playing? Oh God, uh, games. On, there's only one game. All right, uh, what is that? Why don't you talk about your game? Final Fantasy 14. Uh, I have done nothing for the last two days except play Final Fantasy 14. And it's been a good time. The worst game ever made. Uh, well, from an uh, infrastructure standpoint, totally. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're inf- but even then, it's better than a lot of games. Uh, but yeah. A game it's better than. <laughs> uh, Mordhau. Uh, from a server infrastructure perspective, I don't know that I agree. Uh, I, don't, I don't spend a lot of time you, in server infrastructure. From a can you run workers and also not treating people like garbage perspective, definitely. Can you can you run around with a loot that's playing the Doom theme? There, are, there have actually been some things that I read that were like, oh my god, similar to like not as awful as the Mordhouse stuff. But anyway. Uh, so I think if people went down the rabbit hole of do developers pay their localizers? Oh no, not even that. It was like, Oh, we won't make like wedding ceremony, like outfits, gender neutral because it'll upset the bigots oh. in final fantasy. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, Weird. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Well. I mean, have you seen uh, the, like that wasn't explicitly the bunny people? That was uh, oh, I, I'm playing a bunny person. So you've seen a lot of bunny ass. 
but like you know you get to level five when you start getting new gear and then that butt's covered up like it doesn't last that long sure but there's it like, doesn't change fact that you if you if you play final fantasy 12 you see a lot more bunny ass sure well i'm not suggesting that other games aren't worse yeah <laughs> about uh, the bunny ass but uh name name 10 games this year with i cannot more bunny ass i cannot so we've gone from talking about cats to bunny ass at least the bunny ass is in a video game i i was just saying earlier this week that i wish that we still had tie-in video games to like console games to movies so that we could see what cats 2019 the video game would be i think oh i would God. have to not be on the podcast for a couple months <laughs> oh see because i would buy that video game. i know that's why i would have to not be on the podcast for a couple months <laughs> oh, man. well you know what i bet it looks a lot like final fantasy 14 because pat's playing a cat person uh i am playing a masculine like angry uh, like he has an eye patch, He's like a big old putty tat. This is a different. It's a different thing than Cats the Musical. It, it I mean, sounds like Giselba and Cats the Musical. Yeah, I was you don't say. know what's in that expansion stuff. <laughs> if 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 the Cats movie was a movie about like fighting monsters and like rescuing marketplaces from like bandits, Who's to say it's stuff? not. You don't know. I do actually. <laughs> I'm aware of the plot of cats. I mean, they could have updated it for the movie. I don't know. They're like, we need to give it a little bit something, something. Like, let's have them be saving marketplaces and fighting monsters. Like, and then coming in 2022, they're going to do a fan of the opera movie, and it's going to be Saw. <laughs> I'm just saying, there's a lot of uh, content in that DLC, and I don't know. Uh, anyway, I am not playing the DLC yet. I am like, I don't, I don't even like halfway through the story maybe i think that's about right you said you're at level 30 yeah level 30 i've done got three of the six crystals that you're supposed to collect i've got a chocobo i'm i think working on getting it so it'll like fight with me because like around level 30 is you get the ability to turn your chocobo into like a partner that will fight with you uh, so yeah, I'm playing one of the new races, the Viera, which are the bunny people. Uh, if you've played Final Fantasy 12, you might remember Fran, Fran, uh, who was like the bunny lady. And I'm playing a gladiator at the moment, uh, which is like a tank class because if you play DPS, it takes forever to find, uh, like instances to, uh, go like to party up with. Yeah. But gladiator. Yeah. Uh, but one of the unfortunate things is uh, in the deep croft, which is like the second instance dungeon, I had to wait like an hour to get in. Yeah. And like I, there were literally just like six people at a time, six or more people standing in front of the, like the, the instance, like waiting, like queuing up and just waiting like to get in. But yeah, no one could get in. It was, so it's probably a server thing, right? It no, was, it was. But yeah. it was only with this instance. Yeah. Because like I did the one before, it took like five minutes. The one after, yeah. which I did like immediately after, five minutes. I even eventually I used my free company to get like which is like a clan or guild for those who don't know. I I, you know, messaged my free company. I was like, yo, what's up with this wait time? Like, oh well, I'll help you out. And we got a I got a party together. And it still took like five minutes for the instance to like 
generate and like give us space to go do the thing. Yeah. Which was just like bonkers. When that game first relaunched, there were login queues of like, this is like in 2014 or whatever, but there were login queues of like a hundred thousand people and you would have to wait for like three to four hours to get in. And you had to do that because there was no login timeout. Um, so once you were in, you could just sit, but it meant that since they weren't kicking people out who were AFK, you just had to sit in the queue. So it would be like, if your computer crashed or something, or you had to shut it off for some reason, you would have to set up a four hour queue overnight. So then the next day you could play and it would, you just be sitting there AFK for the time that you're not (laughs) in. It was very bad. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm glad I did not have to sit through that. Uh, but yeah, the game's pretty cool. Uh, it's, like i don't like it's nothing special so far like i don't i haven't seen like the oh it's got the best story in games which is you know uh which is coming through in like the expansions especially Shadowbringers. people are really into it uh i'm seeing like the potential for like okay that maybe they do some cool stuff but so far it's been a lot of like run over here run over here uh oh there's a big bat but it's definitely more story driven than like wow where like in wow, I'm just like, yep. Okay. Except quest. Whereas this one, I'm actually like reading the dialogue and trying to follow what's going on. I have heard people say that, that it is one of the best game stories in games. Now also say that the base game story is bad, yeah. which I don't agree that it's bad so far from what I've played. I've played, I have played in the past up to where you are. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's perfectly fine, but I also would say it's nothing special really. Um, but I guess it gets significantly better as the expansion yeah. as you go through the expansions and i'm looking forward to checking that new stuff out and hopefully i can get there in the next six weeks or so while i'm on vacation but the fire Emblem's gonna come that's gonna eat up time and all sorts of stuff but yeah uh i'm gonna at level 30 or once you get like the story missions up to level 30 you can uh that's kind of when you can start getting some new classes so i'm going to try to change like uh, i think it's a death knight dark knight death knights warcraft so it's like a dark knight Mm -hmm. which is another tank class so i'm gonna see what that's all about but really i just want to get to 60 so i can be a gun breaker because yeah that's the class i want to play too it was shit yep apparently Uh, gun breaker is super broken right now it's like better at dpsing than dps classes and it's also great nah, but it's nah. a nightmare for healers to deal with because your deal your, your your resource that you spend is your health oh. so like you have abilities where like you have one ability where you go down to one health but for the next like 90 seconds you can't die hmm. and so basically you like and then you get this huge damage boost for that 90 seconds mm-hmm. so like you like almost kill yourself and then the healer in your group has to heal you back up over the next mm-hmm. whatever time. I don't yeah. remember. 90 seconds, yeah. 90 seconds. seconds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They have to heal you. Seconds. seems like a long time, but yeah. To keep you from dying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. That, that's hey, fun. that's, you know, strats. And if you've got a team that, you know, can coordinate, uh, I'm playing on PS4 and t- talking and coordinating with people is a pain in the ass just because, you know, type like if I hooked up my keyboard to the PS4, it'd probably be fine, but it's just annoying to like talk to people that way. But I bet if I did like remote play from my console to my PC, then it'd probably be easier, but 
yeah uh final fantasy 14 it's pretty good the hype uh is deserved i guess maybe i don't know we'll see once i get to the expansion stuff but i'm looking forward to it uh okay now who's it gonna be alex yo i think you've played a game or like watched a movie a, a show or read a book i don't know so i got i got all of those if you want i <laughs> What do you surprise want? us all right let's talk about a new video game okay that seems like the most Im- important thing to get out of the way before we get to the bullshit um you know what if you sprinkle the bullshit throughout then keep people like oh, look into the i video have no bullshit like, no bullshit this week no wow all right well then let's start with an older game and then we'll get to the new one you ready okay sure uh, I have been playing, well, I've been actually been going back and catching up on some games that I kind of missed earlier in the year because, you know, financial situation, et cetera, has changed. Um, And one of the ones that I've been getting into and really enjoying so far is Baba Is You. Mm. Yay! So I am at, oh boy, um, like, so there's different islands that you go to, right? Or whatever that are kind of groups of things. I'm uh, most of the way through the second one. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. uh, gonna be at the th- like that's the one with like the rivers that are melty and yep. stuff like that. Um, yep. I've still got like a level or two in I think that area that I just I'm like I don't need to. Yeah, I need and to get back in that game because I got like turbo stuck. Yep, me too. Yeah, it's really clever, and some of the solutions that you have to come up with are are really neat and i don't know if there's always one solution or if there's multiple like if like maybe there's sometimes that you you can have kind of branching paths like obviously you can change like uh you is win and stuff like that which just feels like a cheat and you're like okay well whatever but um uh early on that's like you know to show oh this is what you could do yeah like obviously the further in you get the harder that stuff becomes yeah and so uh, for our dear listeners, if you have never, if you weren't there when we were talking about Baba is you, it's basically a puzzle game where there is some logic that you have control over. So Baba is your character. And then there's a statement of is, and then is you. So that means you control Baba. Then you have things like win condition flag is win. So you touch flag, you win wall is stop. You run into the wall. It stops you rock is push. You can push rocks. So you can change any of that logic. You can change, uh, wall is push so now you can push the wall and Mm -hmm. that and like change it so rock is win so you touch the rock and you win stuff like that uh so in that sense this is a very programmer e game uh looking at this like i was able to think of everything like i for work i'm a programmer so um it like a lot of it just felt like coding challenges in a way which it, uh, might not sound appealing to some, but like uh, I see it as just pure logic puzzle, like pure undistilled logic puzzle. And I think that's a really cool thing. And I think it executes on it really well, especially when it constrains you and then starts adding new things like, and <laughs> like Baba is you and uh, wall or something like that. So then you can control like multiple things. Um, but yeah, like I said, so far I'm in like the third group of levels, I guess. I'm not sure how else you would put it. Uh, it's pretty challenging. There's a couple where I've had to kind of step away from them and just be like, okay, obviously there's something I'm missing. Step away from it for like half an hour. 
come back and be like, oh, okay, yeah, that's what it is. So it's and a lot of it is kind of trial and error, just poking around, see how you can break the systems and see if it will actually work in your favor. So yeah, sure. uh, really positive on it so far. Um, it seems like it's actually a pretty long game. Uh, I'm not sure how many like levels or groups of levels there are, but mm-hmm. like looking at the overworld map and knowing that once once you get into an area, there's like upwards of 15 levels sometimes. Like that could be pretty long. <laughs> yeah, there are, there's a lot band uh it seems like the developer is still like working on like adding stuff to the game oh, and cool. like i didn't know that if you follow them on twitter they will uh or like i think if you just follow like baba is you on twitter they actually post like some of the stuff they're working on and like show it off and usually it's stuff like oh i wanted to do this or i was you know i was just working on this but it's not going to work because of xyz reason and they show you like what's happening and why it doesn't work that's uh, cool. so yeah it's fun to see yeah that's super neat that they're kind of like uh keeping you involved with their development updates yeah. like a lot i don't know and- yeah i don't know if they've like added anything but it seems like they're still actively working on stuff yeah that's great um uh yeah uh, i i don't know is there a level creator that you can like share levels with friends because that seems like it would be fucking awesome uh demi i don't i've only played it on switch maybe yeah on- i haven't I, I've only played it on Switch as well, so Steam Workshop maybe. Yeah, I don't uh, know. I'm also playing it on Switch, so uh, <laughs> I also do not know. Um, but that seems like it would be a really good game for that. Like, especially mm-hmm. like if you kind of get Mario Maker level of just hell levels that your friends are making that have like one golden path and it's like obfuscated behind seven billion things. Like that'd be really mm-hmm. interesting. <laughs> But yeah, um, not too much more to say about it. I'm going to continue playing it throughout the week, and I think it's exceptionally good so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. it's it's a cool thing. All right, so do you guys? Well, let's let's move away from games. Let's talk about something that isn't a game. Okay. Um, so we're back on that cat stuff, huh? I watched all of Queer Eye season four today. You wait, can did get you from really? On TV for ten dollars a month. Wait, did you actually watch all of Queer Eye? Yeah, wow. I, that's, I that's played Final Fantasy fourteen literally all day. Oh, okay. So it was kind of your <laughs> your podcast in the background kind of thing. Yeah. All right. So in the foreground, but you know. <laughs> all right. I'm going to power through some stuff because I have lots to talk about this week. It's been a busy week. Um, something I talked about very briefly last week, but kind of wanted to touch more on this week is Attack on Titan season three. So yeah, you mentioned that in passing last week not on the podcast but in conversations yeah and we talked about it for like let's call it a minute on the podcast last week right at the very end um but i wanted to kind of step back and like give it some proper dues because holy crap um that third season is exceptionally good um Mm. and like i've been thinking yeah i've just been thinking about it a lot and i think at this point uh it is a must-watch show for anyone who like cares even a little bit about anime, which is interesting to say because like uh, I got into it around the time the first season was like midway through airing, which was probably when its popularity was at its like super height and thing to watch that for whatever reason, that first, that first season is maybe the first anime to really break into the mainstream in a major way. Like 
you couldn't go to like a mall or whatever without seeing tons of like you know colossal titan faces in every shop or like t-shirts and stuff like that it was really it was interesting but uh it like got um a bunch of previously like non-anime fans interested in anime which was it was neat um and i think that first season is pretty good but it's not particularly great like it's kind of a roller coaster ride it's like super action heavy and uh the story is okay but it like has some real bad pacing issues and stuff like that and yeah so like that first season ended it was good not great but exceptionally popular in the mainstream and then they they just kind of like disappeared for four four years <laughs> like, like came, you do with an anime yeah like it was exceptionally popular and like uh everybody loved it didn't make the second season for, for like four years so like all of the hype that it had like by the time the second season came around people were just like eh, maybe i'll check it out uh like it just kind of people didn't care and the second season was really good. Uh, it was actually really good. It was much slower paced. It was much more story focused and much more character focused. I won't get too deep into that, but uh, the third season is, um, it is fucking nuts. <laughs> so um, I should also note that since that time of watching, getting halfway through the first season, I've also been reading the manga. So, uh, or I had been, so I've been reading that thing for like six or seven years now. And I'm far ahead of even where the show is now at the end of the third season. And I was telling my friends who liked that show for like years, like, yo, if they do this stuff, right, that show's going to be fucking nuts because the stuff it does is really bizarre and really unique. And, um, you can tell that, the author um he he had everything planned out from like the very first issue the very first panel like literally the first scenes of the first uh season like play Mm -hmm. into stuff that's in the manga right now like seven years later and it's not like the kind of thing where like you think mass effect 3 where they're just kind of like taking all these little choices you made along the way and just like shoving them in your face to be like, Hey, do you remember this? No, it's like, Oh no, this stuff is integral. Hmm. Really, really, really fascinating and extremely well done. And, um, one of the things I said last week about it in our brief, brief chat was that it's, um, it's kind of like near in that, um, (laughs) like the first two and a half seasons are basically set up for the last half of the third season which is where the show actually starts and i think that's that remains true mm-hmm. uh and yeah i won't i won't spoil why it's that way but i think it's it's probably going like by the end uh, they've announced that the next season season four is coming out next year and it will be the final season and okay. if they keep up they keep up the momentum and they follow like the the story as it's been uh that's going to be something super special. Nice. Uh, that's that makes me want to actually take the time to watch it because I've heard good things about it, but just never taken the time to watch it. So it's in, I watched the full whole first season with a few friends, a mix of like anime and varying degrees of anime fan. Like I'm very much like very casual anime fan. There was one person there that had never really watched any anime. A couple people who had watched a lot of it. 
more than me. Um, and we love the first season. Not that I would dispute the stuff you're saying about the first season's problems, but I actually found the second season to be very boring early on. Like I didn't find the story to be particularly compelling that they were telling in the first few episodes. So I just kind of like fell off. Um, so that's interesting to hear that the second season is so well regarded. I will probably try to go back and watch it again. Um, I think it was kind of a shock to go from not that I think an anime, like anything needs to be action all the time, but it was kind of a shock to go from how the first season was so like action packed all the time to it feeling like they were like trudging through molasses kind of in the second season early on, like just lots of exposition and lots of um, like travel. Uh, mm-hmm. It didn't grab me immediately. And then we watched uh Kubinari of the iron fortress, which was, <laughs> Um, back to that kind of frenetic action, <laughs> not as yeah. good, but <laughs> so the, in, the interesting thing with the fourth season, cause like, again, I've, I'm read up to the current chapter, which came out like earlier this month and the fourth season, if they, um, follow it to a T and with the same pacing, the first like half of that season is basically going to be slice of life. Like there's going to be no action. It's going to be complete just talking, which I think it would be really bold for that series. <laughs> yeah Hmm. but is it just like the titans sitting around like we're gonna go camping i'm not gonna say anything because it's if it was the titans sitting around we're gonna go camping i would like jump on the show i so (laughs) i kind of want to spoil it to see if it intrigues any of you but i I also don't want to spoil it because it's fucking so cool I mean, it's f- if you want to spoil it with enough warning, that's fine. I'll just take my headphones off. <laughs> but I, I, I want to check it out and kind of yeah, experience I, it. So. You'll if you get to the end of season three. Is there a sub? Is there a, a sub of the show, or is it only dub? Or is it there's, is it only sub? Is there a dub? That's there, the question. There's, there's both. Both oh. on Netflix, I too. I think too. Well, uh, yeah. I don't uh, know about. Last time I tried to watch, there was only a. There was only subs on Netflix. Yeah, there's only season one on Netflix as well. Oh, oh weird. What? So I think yeah. there's more in Japan, but it's not going to have the subs. Or oh, the that's dub. fair. Yeah. I wonder. So but where like do you watch it in the U.S.? Is it, is it not Crunchyroll? Okay. Yeah. The CR. Right. Baby. But yeah, no. Attack on Titan. Extremely good. Uh, really looking forward to the next season, which again, I'm surprised to say because I was just I thought the first season was fine. I didn't think it was exceptional, mm-hmm. but yeah. Anyways, uh, let's go back to a game. <laughs> Attack on Titan. Attack on Titan 2. No. We got for you now is a new game. Uh, just came out relatively recently. And speaking of cats, it is Gato Roboto. Now there's a cat I can get behind. So you have played it, Pat? Mm-hmm. Yep. I played and reviewed it, in fact. Yep. Yep. Andre, you played it at that event however many months ago? No, I never played it. I just talked to the developer. Oh, you just talked to them? Okay. I thought you played it too. My bad. Nope. I've only talked to the developer. I I want to play it. It sounds good. Okay. So um, it is a straight up, no frills, Metroidvania ass Metroidvania game. Its hook is the fact that you play as a cat in a mech. (laughs) And sometimes you can get out of the mech. Uh, sometimes you get into a submarine when you need to go into water because the mech does not like water. The cat doesn't like water very much either, but you know, he'll, he'll deal with it. Um, but yeah, no, it is 
straight up, like I said, a Metroidvania. You get upgrades, you gain abilities that let you go to new parts of the map. The map fills in as you go. It's Metroidvania. Um, the art is neat. It's like kind of a ZX Spectrum looking two-tone art style. And you have the option to pick between different tones. But um, I don't know. I think, Pat, I don't know about you, but I found the default one to be the best one. Just kind of black and white, high contrast. I actually... I switched between them um, as I got them and then just stuck with one for a while. So I kind of rotated. I think I found the Game Boy one to be the one that I ended up liking the most. It was, um, it was actually like a good. green one that's really yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think I, I finished it. I finished it all in one sitting. Uh, generally, I would say that when that game is firing on all cylinders and it's like working its hardest to bring you the optimal experience that it is capable of, it is okay at best. <laughs> uh i would say most of the time it's pretty lackluster and i think the problem that i had with it is that it doesn't really do anything new like it has that quirky premise but other than that it felt pretty uninspired like the humor whiffs a lot like it rarely hits uh the story, yeah, the story or writing is good the story is basically non-existent apart from like the last five minutes of exposition <laughs> and the ending is like stupid <laughs> yeah the ending is really it's it's something we'll talk about at the end of the year but um but yeah the gameplay <laughs> the gameplay is okay but not great the bosses are actively fucking terrible like i, I don't know if i go that far i hated them. i thought they were awful they were not fun they're they weren't particularly challenging they just kind of took forever and yeah, it's like and if, like if you kind of like lost concentration for a second and make some small errors then you're just fucked and you have to go through this like 10 not 10 minute but you know really long boss fight over again like let's say the boss has 100 hit points and in some boss fights you can only use your your pea shooter basically and so every one of your shots takes off half a hit point that means you have to hit 200 shots to take care of that boss while kind of doing some light bullet hell stuff. So it's no, not the particularly hit you, you get you die in like three hits. <laughs> so it's not particularly hard. It's just if you you have a lapse in concentration, you take one of those hits. All of a sudden, you're like in a in the red, and it's mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. And like if it's your first encounter with a boss, like it, they have stages. They'll change patterns, and then so you'll be like halfway through this boss like three or four minutes in and then it changes patterns and you just suddenly die because you're like oh well fuck now i have to go through these three or four minutes again just to see the pattern yeah they're just too long yeah they're too long they're too much hell like the boss is definitely like i was feeling this game was probably like a three out of five if i was to rate it those probably took it down to a two or a one and then the the ending brought it back up to a two uh but yeah i don't know at some when i was in the latter half of the game i'd kind of just stopped caring and just rushed my way through it to get to the end like took hits rather than carefully taking out every enemy on the way just going to save room to save room to heal up like uh, yeah the ending was (laughs) it was well executed uh also surrounded by a bad boss fight but whatever um but ultimately it's a very very average game that's pulled down to kind of being a bad game by the boss fights and kind of an uninspired design see i i thought i felt that the gameplay in between the boss fights was actually like quite good because i really liked switching between there's basically three different modes um there's like two different vehicles one is your main mech and then there's a submarine and then you're you have to do a fair bit of stuff as a cat. And so like when you're working as the cat, it's all, it's for the most part, all platforming. And if you take one hit, you die. Um, the crew two of, (laughs) um, 
and I really liked the interplay between those three different modes. Um, and I thought that I liked how simple the Metroidvania parts of it were like, it is a Metroidvania, but it's like a Metroid. It's not really like a Metroidvania because you're not really, you're not like level. I mean, you kind of are, but you're not like leveling up. You're not gaining experience points or anything sure. from killing enemies. Um, and I kind of enjoyed that simplicity. It certainly isn't doing anything particularly new, but I would argue that like a game like Bloodstained doesn't really do anything particularly new either. Um, and I, I was okay with that. Um, but the boss fights are not good. Uh, and the story is like not there. I think ultimately the part of the reason I enjoyed it as much as I did was because it is short. Um, if it were a longer game, I think it would get tiring because there isn't like that much going on. It's pretty simple, but, um, but I, I, I really liked it for the, since it's pretty short. Um, I just, the boss fights aren't great. I didn't think they were like utterly terrible, but I just think they, they were unnecessary. I don't think they really needed to be there. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Um, I certainly wouldn't defend that game super hard and it's not like one that's going to, I don't really have much of a reason to talk about it at the end of the year. I don't think No, uh, other than the ending, <laughs> I thought the ending was bad. So I thought, I thought <laughs> it was extremely dumb. <laughs> yeah. I didn't understand it really i mean like i did but it ugh, it's so having having met the developer that sounds yep yeah, that sounds pretty spot the, on the oh, first one of the first lines in the entire game is that you're going to sector 42069 yep yes yep that sounds that was kind of funny i was i was it, i was, was like maybe this will be good that's the, the only time i laughed at the game though so <laughs> this is this game's published by devolver and uh basically one of like the head people at devolver is just like, Oh, you're with those guys. No, those guys are dipshits, whatever they can do, whatever they want <laughs> when they were at like some trade show. So yeah, them labeling, uh, uh an area for 2069 makes total sense. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It's, if you like Metroidvanias, it's one of those, it's short, it's pretty simple. It gets no frills, but I find it particularly engaging. Um, yeah. You do. Uh, let's see. Let's jump back into a not game. Okay. I'll All right. I'll, I won't take very much time with it. Um, this is a book. One of them things, what got words in it. And it is called uh, Someone Who Will Love You in All Your Damaged Glory. And it is a book by one Raphael Bob Waxberg, who is one of the lead writers hey. of, of Bojack Horseman. Uh, it's a collection of short stories and I would say there are way more hits than misses. Like it's pretty good. Excuse me. Similar to Bojack, they kind of tend to touch on kind of potentially sensitive topics like depression and loneliness and stuff like that. But in contrast to Bojack, I would say that it has far more happy endings, (laughs) uh, or if not happy, then at least like optimistic. So it's really cool to see him writing in a way that doesn't need to be constrained by a somewhat realistic universe. Like sure. Bojack has anthropomorphic animals in the world, but ultimately nothing particularly fantastical happens in it. Like it's all pretty rooted in what we know as reality. Um, in this, he's kind of able to stretch his wings and go to some interesting places with it. And I think having that kind of freedom gives him some opportunity to come up with some really unique, clever stories. Like imagine the sci-fi aspects of Rick and Morty without all the bullshit. 
like he's able to get into some of that like and it's not annoying or like kind of frustrating it's it's just clever and good uh it's a pretty short read it's about 250 pages so you could probably knock it out in an evening maybe two if you really wanted uh some good wisdom between its covers that i think is worth experiencing and has some good messages uh and one of my favorite things is at the acknowledgments of the end which has one of the sweetest lines that i've read in a long time uh like just i'll just read it out really quick which is like again acknowledgements no spoiler for any story it says quote finally i would like to thank my wife about half of these stories are from before i met her and half since and i'm convinced that if you line them all up in the order they were written you could pinpoint the moment where my heart became whole which was just so which was just so fucking endearing (laughs) so it's it's really good um there's like one or two stories that I was like, eh. but like the rest of them, I was like, yeah, that was really good. So, uh, worth a read. And the last what thing I'll talk about one more time, someone who will love you in all your damaged glory. All right. Yeah. Uh, available in paperback ebook, whatever. Uh, and lastly, last thing I'll talk about, we'll, t- we'll give this about 45 seconds. And that is, uh, let me find the video. Sorry. <laughs> is uh steins gate elite on the nintendo switch i'm um, only a few hours in uh but i gotta say the way they've made use of scenes from the anime and using the original voice actors and everything like that has been really great <laughs> it's a super cool way to experience that story and uh one of the things that i appreciate is the fact that it has an extremely good ui like uh for games like visual novelty kind of things like that sometimes the ui makes it like one of the things about Rumpa that i really liked is their use of really like kind of crazy ui elements and actually making them part of the game and this does that uh and i played the original vn like a decade ago so like this is a marketed improvement uh is there any reason to play the visual novel over the watch the anime I've, we've had this discussion before and i can't remember the answer yeah uh sam finished it um yeah uh he said i think he said he was kind of watching the anime as well um i don't know if you finished it i haven't asked him but um i think the visual uh i don't know i don't know if there's a recommended way because the visual novel gets far more in detail about everything okay like it just, so there's, there's more stuff in the visual novel than yeah. the anime Yes. And there are some kind of like diverging paths that you can experience and like kind of Mm -hmm. go down those rabbit holes in the visual novel that they don't explore in the anime, which is, which is good. Uh, but it's, it's a much longer experience. That's always been the thing about the anime adaptation visual novel thing where I'm like, but which, which one do you, which one do you watch or play and why? And there's another one that just clonod, uh, and you know, uh, oh yeah, Clone just came out on Switch, didn't it? Which is like a remake of the old version, yeah. which is also the anime is oh also, God. yeah. And so, so like, uh, uh, thought thoughts are with uh, yeah, Kyoto, studio, yeah, Kyoto. Is it Kyoto Animation Studio? It is. Is that yeah. what the name? Because they're in Kyoto, but yes, okay, they yeah. also they also made Clone. So yeah, again, yeah. like I don't. I kind of didn't want to talk about that, but holy shit, that's yeah. like one of the worst things that's happened in many, many, many years. So yeah, that was so sad. Um, but my, the point that I was trying to bring up is like, so that was a visual novel. Yep. Then an anime came out of the visual novel and then they just re-released the visual novel. 
And I'm like, but why? <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah. Um, uh, I have watched the anime. I've not played that visual novel, so I can't, I can't really comment on it. Yeah. yeah. From what I understand, it is basically just the anime. Yeah. So, it, uh, from what I understand as well, um, having kind of read people's opinions yeah. after is that it follows it pretty closely and doesn't diverge all that much. So, yeah. So I, yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, that's just uh, an aspect of visual novel anime adaptations that I don't understand. And like if Steins Gate is going to do like, oh, well, we're a visual novel, so we have like the space to investigate or, you know, go down different paths, alternate stories or whatever, mm-hmm. then, you know, that works, especially with like the nature of that story. But yeah, I, I think, Allison, this is this is maybe a thing you should play. Given your love of the nonary games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and your general love of sci-fi bullshit that's kind of weird. Uh, I think this is the kind of thing that you might really like. I, I love that you described it as sci-fi bullshit because that is 100% accurate of stuff I like. So <laughs> I will have to check this out. Yeah. Uh, and it comes with an, like an eight bit version of it as well. I think it's kind of a separate story and I, I'm looking forward to getting into that too. So yeah, Steins Gate. It's good. Good, cool. good, good. Uh, okay. Allison. Cool. Okay. Um, so should I do my newer game or my older game first? Do what feels right. <laughs> do what feels right in my heart. Okay. Uh, I'll do the newer game, which just came out yesterday, which is Marvel ultimate Alliance three, uh, mm-hmm. which I've been playing on the switch because you can only play it on the switch. Um, and I've been, I've been really liking it. Um, I wasn't sure if I was going to buy it right away, but I had a trip. I had a tough week and I did a, I deserve this type of thing. When I bought it, I was like, I need this game. Um, treat yourself. Treat yourself. Like I deserve this. And honestly, it was pretty good for that kind of purpose because it is, it is a fun game. Um, so it's pretty similar. I actually haven't played the other, uh, Marvel ultimate Alliance games, but I was really into, um, the second X-Men legends game on GameCube back in the day. Uh, so this is from what I understand, it doesn't feel like it's, uh, shaking up the formula of these games basically. So if you've liked Marvel ultimate Alliance or X-Men legends games in the past, and you're thinking, Hmm, I'd like to play that again, play or play more of that kind of thing. Then this is probably perfect for you. If you're thinking, uh, I, I, I like the idea, but I want something that kind of elevates it. This might not be that game for you, uh, because it is very much, there are certain points in this game where I'm like, it feels like I'm playing a game from the like mid two thousands in the very best of ways. Like it's not a bad way, but there are a couple of like weird puzzles that they throw in. And I'm like, or, or like weird platforming. And I'm like, this feels like it's a GameCube game in a, in a way, which has kind of been fun. But, um, but yeah, no, I've been really enjoying it. I'm not terribly far, but they, uh, introduce a lot of the characters pretty early on. Like you start out, um, like spoilers for the start of the game. You start out with the, uh, guardians of the galaxy crew, uh, but you very, very quickly add on um, others, and each each person, like each character, really feels like they play differently. Like they they all feel distinct, even if they're pretty 
similar characters. Um, so, so that's been good. And it's actually surprisingly difficult to the point where I actually looked it up online to make sure that it wasn't just me being shit at the game because I was like, am I dying because I am bad or am I dying because it's hard and I'm playing it on the, um, mighty difficulty, which there's only friendly and mighty when you first, uh, pull up the game, which, uh, I, I, which is genuinely pretty hard and it makes me feel like justified where I'm like, okay. Um, but, but that, what that means though, is that it's basically not just a straight up button masher. You, you do need to have some level of strategy. There is some level of, uh, dodging enemy attacks and making sure that you're pretty mobile, which has been fun. Um, what else? Yeah. So it's, it's been, it's been very good. It feels it's, it's, it feels like a nice kind of, even though it's, it has its difficulty, it, it does feel like a pretty good podcast type of game, something to just kind of chill out with, which is kind of what I needed this weekend. So that's what it's been pretty perfect for. Um, yeah. So do you guys have any questions about it or how much does it like in terms of character design stuff, how much does it feel like the MCU movies or does it feel more like comics or it feels kind of like a mix of both. Like there's definitely a lot of moments where you're going like, Oh yeah, you're going to the MCU. Mm -hmm. Like with a lot of the voice acting and specifically, it feels like they kind of, a lot of them are doing their very, very best to do, um, like their, uh, Robert Downey Jr. Impression or their Chris Pratt impression. But, um, it's, it's not 100% MCU. Uh, for example, one of the, uh, my favorite characters in the game so far is Scarlet Witch, who is a beast. Uh, and she has her comics, uh, outfit or costume. So, uh, it, it feels like it's definitely aimed at people who are interested in the, or it's definitely aiming at people who follow the MCU. Like it's, it's, it's definitely not ignoring that at all, but it, it's definitely also taking liberties. It's not being completely one, one, one for the MCU versus comics. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this, I don't know. The character stuff kind of reminds me of Disney infinity almost like not as like, I don't know. There was like something, I don't know, more, I don't, I don't even know how to describe it. More Pixar. <laughs> like not as they're not as like toy like as the infinities. Like yeah. the designs aren't as like toy like, I guess like there's like similar color palette and like, proportions but i don't know there's something a little more like detailed maybe yeah like, no it definitely has a very um cartoony comic mm -hmm. book vibe to it for sure i only have one question yes how is the spider-man spider-man is fun yeah. i uh i've been i, I played with spider-man and then it's as soon as they introduced Spider Gwen, I'm like, "Sorry, Spider Man, you're off my team." <laughs> That's their uh, choice. Let's be honest. I think there, I think there's benefits to like putting them together on a team, though. I think they have yeah. like benefits oh, totally. for different team ups, but yeah, there's actually um, like based off of different team ups, there's a wide variety of um, mm -hmm. 
like bonuses uh, bonuses that you can get yeah for teaming up so there's there's a lot of them where for example it's like oh these characters each i think each character only has like four groups that they're attached to and the more that you have of the same group together um the better bonuses you get so for example it's like there are a lot of people where it's like, oh, you're women of Marvel. Oh, you're an original Avenger. You're uh, like web slinger. Like, you have sensitive like a- nipples. <laughs> <laughs> Word. Yes. But like just a, there's a wide variety and like stuff you can play around with that. Um, the RPG kind of elements are pretty light, but there is an element of... Um, upgrading attacks and upgrading characters. Uh, but, but yeah, the, no, the Spider-Man is good. You can, um, with like, so for movement, you can jump and then you can double jump. And then there are certain characters that can fly. Um, but if you just keep holding the jump button for the, uh, spider characters, they will continuously swing around Yeah, and it, it feels genuinely really good cool yeah that was that was the way they were in the previous games yeah. um, and i mean it's obviously not as good at like at as at that as like say oh yeah spider-man ps4 but i mean who was expecting that so yeah, um, yeah for sure I, but yeah I think my biggest hesitation with this game is like the first two it was hard to find another experience like those games um like whether playing co-op or not um so it was one of those things where I just, I played them both because there, I didn't, there weren't a lot of good superhero games and those were good superhero games. Now I feel like I need more than it being a decent superhero game to enjoy it. You know, like yeah. the, I want there to be some kind of reason in a way I kind of want it to be more like Diablo where there's like a reason to keep playing it and running characters to level them up yeah. and like, see through see out arcs with them so i'm a little hesitant because i have heard that the rpg elements are pretty trivial um because i don't really care to just play through the story i'm i don't because i don't care about the story because it sounds kind of whatever like very arcadey and that's fine but oh it it 100 is yeah uh but yeah no i i think that's that's reasonable and to be honest, I don't know if I would have bought this first day if I wasn't like, I need a game now. But um, yeah, I, it's, I think that leveling them more, like leveling them more, you get more of their special moves. And I think you might get alternate costumes, although I'm that, not 100%. That's the thing I was going to say is if there is a, if there is a way that you can play at increased difficulties or something like new game plus style, and by doing that, you're unlocking cosmetics. I could see that being enough of a hook for me, even if it's not, even if the level is like just a power number where you're getting new special attacks. And yeah, no I think that poisons. you can unlock new costumes. And there is, um, I know that when you finish the story mode of the first game, then you do unlock a new difficulty level, but I'm not sure if it's like a new game plus or if it's just, hey, you, do, you can play the game on hard now. Um, right. But yeah, no, everybody, uh, let's see. I just looked this up. You can unlock new costumes, but you have to do the, um, like infinity rift, like side stuff. Oh, okay. Well, that's cool though. I mean, that's kind of what I'm looking for. So like not, not in the main story, but you just do the side stuff, which also, um, 
from what I understand is pretty good about lo- uh, leveling your characters because uh, if you like to play as a wide variety, you might get your character yeah. kind of under leveled, which, uh, which is a bummer, but Oh, you have to apparently reach like, I don't even know. There's a lot of stuff that's poorly explained. I think it sounds like there's the stuff that I want in it though. Like it has yeah. side stuff that is, that, that is harder to complete that you that gets you stuff. Um, I guess what I'm saying is I don't really care about just playing on a higher difficulty for the sake of it, or just yeah. like submitting a leaderboard time. That's not something I'm interested in. I'm more interested in um, feeling like I want to level each character to the max to get their costumes and abilities and everything. Um, and so given that it sounds like that's kind of there in some capacity, I'll probably pick it up. If honestly, if fire emblem wasn't coming out next week, I would have that's- bought it. That's uh, honestly the biggest <laughs> issue because <laughs> I know 100% that I'm going to be playing this week and next week I'm going to be like, well, time to get into Fire Emblem because everything about the new Fire Emblem sounds like it is immediately right up my alley. My hope is by the time I have uh, a, a break where I'm not actively playing something big that it will have dropped in price, but I don't not holding my breath for it. Um, it is a Nintendo exclusive now. It is, but it's one of the ones that I'm yeah. the first one to say, like, don't hope for a price drop on Nintendo exclusives. But this one seems like one that could be $40 by holiday. Nintendo didn't it. make it. Right? No, Platinum made yeah. It. Yeah. yeah. So then it'll, it'll, I could price. see it being, uh, a uh, black Friday type. It's totally. Yeah. yeah. Totally. yeah. Totally. Something like that. Yeah. So yeah. I have a quick question. Yeah. Uh, I know. Is this the kind of game you would play with your sibling? Like is, and if so, do you know how it would work for like local two players on one console kind of thing? Like, is it kind of like the Lego games and that it splits the screen or is it just a like, like a straight up split screen or. I honestly haven't, um, tried much of the co-op, um, which I know a lot of people say is where the game shines. I just have, uh, don't have anybody near me and I don't really feel like mm-hmm. playing online with randos right now. That'll but, be my issue too. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I know that you can play, uh, that you can use just one joy con to control it. Mm-hmm. So you can do local multiplayer with just two joy cons. And, um, I'm not sure not if, if your joy con has the drift. <laughs> That's true. The Joy-Con uh, Tokyo drift. <laughs> Like, no, it's a it's a feature, not a bug. It's Tokyo Drift, but uh, no, it's uh, I don't know if it'd be split screen or since the camera, like you can adjust the camera somewhat, but I'm not. But it's mostly like I'll, I'll often fixed, especially like in boss battles. I don't know if it would be just split screen or or what. They used to um, just be you were on the same screen. That I used to be how, how it worked in the older games. That's right. what I'm guessing it was what it would be given some of the camera um, and given, especially like with the um, like boss battles, you can see all the characters uh, on the screen at once since you're switch, you can switch between all of them. It's super linear too, as I, yeah, from what oh, I understand, totally. like there's, it's not like, like the Lego games have like little pathways where you can go find hidden stuff. So this, this split screening is kind of necessary to make it feel good. But ultimate Alliance is like, it really is like an arcade cabinet kind of game to me. It, it, it is in terms of, yeah. Playing. Yeah. You could, I could see, I could actually see it being an arcade cabinet and like, pump some quarters in so that now you can fight Mysterio. It's, it's um, kind of like gauntlet. 
sort of. Yeah, it's 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 very much hmm. a beat em up. Um, there are like there's one point where I went down a different corridor and I got like a like an item, like a an XP uh a XP boost, and I was like, oh okay, that's interesting, and that hasn't really happened much since. So um, it's it is very very linear, but um, to be honest, that's kind of not what I was like. It, I wasn't expecting it to suddenly be different. So like, like, like I said earlier, it is really, it, I think it's enjoyment completely is going to be hinged on if you've liked these types of games in the past, because, um, it's, it's not exactly shaking up the formula very much. Cool. Yeah. But no, it's, it's, it's fun. I'm, I'm enjoying it. I, uh, Miss Marvel is also really good. She's, she's super fun. Um, I, yeah. So like, I I feel like I'm actively enjoying, like have playing as the female characters and as like, they're, they're pretty good to play as. So I'm like, so good for me, but Uh, everybody's pretty fun now. Hopefully you can play. Hopefully you can play as Shuri. I imagine now. Seems like Miss Marvel is gonna show up in that new Avengers game in uh, next year. Yeah, we'll we'll see how that goes. She's really fun in this one, though. Um, th- uh, so I'm I'm very pleased that her powers. Uh, does she get okay. big? She she does. Well, she she basically like when you punch your um, arm gets big, and then her oh, first yeah. part power is called Embiggen. Um, <laughs> Uh, it, there, there is some like decent humor in some of the like descriptions. It doesn't show up that much in the story. Like aside from, you know, like Spider-Man's going to quip, but uh, for example, uh, Gwen Stacy's first power title is literally like catchy power name or something like that. I'm like, Platinum, okay. Platinum is clever. They, yeah. They, they yeah. write some, they write some clever shit. I was, I was like, Vanquish. That's why Vanquish, that's why Vanquish is good. Oh, yeah. Vanquish is great. <laughs> Cause it's so, so fucking goofy. So yeah, it was, it was fun. No, it's, so it's good. I, yeah, it, I don't know if I, that's the thing we tell people to buy it, especially since, uh, um, Fire Emblem Three Houses coming out next week. Yeah, and, they're very different games. So. Right, obviously. I'm just super hyped about Fire Emblem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think well, most, most of us on the podcast are looking forward to Fire Emblem. And, and frankly, I'm not saying that they, the people don't exist at all. I'm sure there are plenty of people, but I feel like if you own a Switch, odds are you're someone who is excited about fire emblem. Like that's a pretty major franchise to not care about. Like, I'm so glad it's become a major franchise though. Yeah. <laughs> cause, uh, cause I definitely, God, this is going to sound like I liked it before it was cool, but I definitely li- really liked it when I had it on game boy advance. So I'm very happy that fire emblem has taken off like it has because uh, I like that series. And the new one sounds Oh, I'm so excited. Just outstanding. Because they added Persona to it. So. I know. <laughs> also, just Perfect. So you, just so it's you like guys Persona. know, mm-hmm. I, I've been sitting on this information for like months. And that is the fact that the original Fire Emblem game came out on 420 in 1990. <laughs> so it's been lit nice. from the start. Nice. Yeah. 21 years too late, though. If only they'd come out on 
uh, June 9th this year. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, oh, well. you're right. Uh, uh, pretty good. I, I am glad to see that review or like previews are really positive on that. Yeah. Game. Uh, I don't know who I'm going to be. I don't know which house to pick. Yeah. I don't know either. But, I, I, I think I'm going to just very specifically not choose and then get into the game and just be like, I feel like this house and then suddenly choose it. The only one sure. I know is edge Lord. <laughs> so, but, yeah. wait, so Allison, what's, what's the older one? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. I played a little bit of that and then yeah. I had a run go bad at the very, I think there are three floors, right? Pat yep. <laughs> like three. I was literally on the last boss and I had a potion that I thought would uh, revive me, but apparently you have to drink it. Yeah. You have to drink <laughs> it to make it work. That oh. item wasn't clear item in the game. It's and not I, I was got, literally, I would, I would have beaten I would have like finished the run, but then you would have slayed the spire. Yeah. But then the slayer spade the slayer, the, the spire <laughs> slayed me, uh, so, because so it, it, poor tool tips. So Allison, what's the TLDR on what the gameplay is for this? Okay. So slay the spire is basically a deck building rogue light, um, where you choose a character and as you play the game, you um, get additional cards and you build up your deck as you fight uh, increasingly difficult monsters. And it is, it's all turn-based and it's, it's really, it's really fun. I, I uh, waited to buy it on switch. Uh, and to be honest, I, I, I know it's such a cliche at this point, but it is really good for switch um, because I uh, was at a convention uh, the week before last. And I, it was really, really nice to have a game where I could just turn on my switch, do a couple of uh, do a few turns and then turn it off. If I needed to go do something else, it's really nice. It's a really nice game to have if you don't have a lot of time. Um, and I feel like, one of the things that I, I always like deck building stuff in theory, but the actual act of building a deck before playing game really kind of stresses me out. Uh, especially if it's like here, you have hundreds of cards, pick 30 for your deck. I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Like, I don't know. So I like the idea that uh, the, the idea that you're basically building as you go and that it's, the the roguelike uh, element of it where you're um, where if you have a bad run, you're just like, well, time to start again is, is really kind of uh, freeing in a way. And there are just so many ways that you can make your deck in, in different ways, especially with the different characters. Um, even though there's only a three characters, it still uh, allows for a wide variety of, of stuff to do. So I, I've been really enjoying it. It's, it's really, it's something that's really nice to have, um, uh, nice to have on the switch and on the go. If I'm going to do something and just have that in the background. So it's, totally. I, I've been really enjoying it and, uh, it's very well could, could be one of my favorite games of the year at this point. Yeah. 
because I'm really into it. Um, came out last year. I guess on Switch been, this year. It right? came out Maybe. this year. Uh, it had an actual release last year, didn't it? Uh, it's it. No, it, it was early access in 2017, but its actual release was in January 2019. <laughs> really? Oh. I'm um, looking up the Wikipedia. Yeah, I think well, it was early access last year. Yeah. So. Okay. Did you? Would you say it's in any way similar to Solitarica? Oh, that actually, I I pulled up Solitarica on my phone the other day because I was like, didn't have my switch on me, and I wanted to play something similar. It's uh, it's definitely different, especially since the turn based aspect of it is not. It's like this, like Solitarica is definitely a, dif- a different game, but I feel like it kind of scratches a similar itch, if that sure. makes sense. Yeah, totally. Where I was where I did, like I said, I didn't have my switch. And I'm like, I want to play Slay the Spire. So then I pulled up Solitarica on my phone and started to run on that. Um, cool. Yeah, there are definitely different games, especially since Solitarica has the element of, uh, well, Solitaire, but, uh, but the kind of, various deck building and roguelike uh increasingly difficult uh does kind of get similar but i am i am very into slay the spire right now and i need to get better at it because i haven't actually beaten it yet but i am i i want to so bad Hmm. Um, it's on uh game pass if listeners have that so you can check that on out on pc or uh console uh so yeah that's yeah that's a good way to check out also, that game also um the thing that while i really enjoy it on uh the um switch i think it's really fitting for it the thing that would be the thing that i wish i could have with uh it, on PC is the uh, Steam Workshop stuff um, because people uh, because people have come up with some mods, including there's one uh, specific Sailor Moon mod that I would really like to play. <laughs> so I uh, to the point where if it goes on sale later this year, I might genuinely consider it so I can get the Sailor Moon mod. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. All right. Uh oh, real quick, I forgot that uh I checked out uh the Lego expansion for Forza Horizon. Oh right. I love it. I was playing that the other night. I also played that. And but you don't have to use the Lego cars. No. And like and that like made me go like, oh eh. Like it, it just kind of killed my interest in it. Like I'll probably check it out some more, but I was like the they do they kind of recreate the intro to the game like in like a different style but like they do with the lego stuff and they have like some humor in it and it's not like the exact same like scenarios but they kind of do the same thing like you're jumping from car to car going through some scenarios in a race and then they have like some lego type gags uh so if you're into like the lego humor i think you'll appreciate what they've got going there the but then when it was like, okay, here's a Lego car and then do a race. But if you want to compete in this race, you need to use like one of your other regular cars. I was like, oh, well, mm-hmm. if I'm not going to be racing against regular Lego cars, then what's the point? 
No, you. I mean, you. You don't need to use one of your regular. The, I've used the, a Lego car for every single thing I've done in the game. In the the, f- the first thing I went to, I was not even remotely competitive. Like with the speed of my car, it was just nowhere. Yeah, near I mean, good uh, enough. So okay, but the way that you you just go into the tuning setups and buy a tuning setup. Yeah, it, it it was just oh come on. But that's just like, that's just and the way the game works though. Not yeah. racing against other Lego cars. They were all regular that part is cars. Totally true, but the way, but the in every aspect of Forza Horizon, um, as you play it deeper, when you get a new car stock, it's not really going to be that competitive. You go into the tuning setups and and download like a someone's tuning setup that they've made or do it yeah. yourself. But um, so once you do that with the Lego cars, they're fine. Um, it was mainly just annoying to get in there and go, Oh wait, I'm the only Lego one. Well, what? yeah, well, I mean, I think disappointing. The, the thing is it's like a $10 expansion or something, $15 maybe. Um, yeah, maybe, and they just didn't have the budget to rebuild all of those cars as Lego cars. Uh, it doesn't even have to be, it doesn't have to be all of, I'm not saying, Oh, you have to remake every car, the Lego car. I'd just like to see, okay, if you're in the Lego area, there's like, you know, there are, 12 Lego cars in this race. I don't know how many Lego cars they made. If they only made like three Lego four, cars or five, then like that's yeah. Then um, that's a little disappointing, but I liked it a lot. I think I like the, 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 the thing I like about it is they changed up how you get vehicles. Yeah. Um, in the previous expansion, they changed it up a little bit as well. In that expansion, it's like a treasure hunt. Um, so you're like, you're finding like spots with a screenshot. Um, and then that's leading you to other spots, which is cool. Um, and then in the Lego world, uh, you are doing challenges on this big grid. And there anything from like race from this point to this point in two minutes or complete this event, win this event, get three stars at this speed trap, whatever. And you get bricks. And then as you get a certain number of bricks, you unlock a new thing. Um, which I find really fun because it's like a totally just like a checklist of stuff to do, which is very, I find that very entertaining. Um, but, uh, I can see if you were expecting it to be like fully Lego everything, then that could be disappointing. Um, I just, it didn't really bother me because it just seems like that would be, them making a different game at that point. Uh, like, I don't even mind. Like if you want to take regular like cars in there and like, I can understand it was just like a bummer to go like, Oh yeah, this is really cool. Like Lego stuff. And then the first race I go into, I'm like, Oh, is everyone else is a regular car. I think and from my, I ruined the magic from my perspective. I wouldn't want them to make everyone the same Lego car as you. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and they clearly didn't have the budget or time to make enough different Lego cars to make everyone. Cause like they're different classes, basically like there's yeah. a car for every class. So you get like this yeah. mini Cooper Lego car, you get a Ferrari. Um, there's like a GT 40 or something. Um, so they're kind of like different classes of cars. So um, it wouldn't work for them to put the Lego Ferrari against the Lego mini Cooper. Um, so it's tough. I mean, one thing they could have done is made it like fewer cars that you're racing against. They could have made it all time trials or something all like more adventure stuff. So there's maybe other things they could have done, but I was not particularly su- surprised um, when I got into it and it was like mostly similar to other expansions, just with some Lego environmental stuff. Mm-hmm. The weirder thing to me that um, was sort of more, disappointing is a strong word, but that I was, was kind of like a, like, Oh, okay. Is the fact that there's like Lego environments 
and non Lego environments kind of mixing together where you have like the city is all Legos yeah, and then there's Lego trees and stuff there. But then when you drive out to the countryside area, it's like, it looks like normal for Forza horizon four. There's like mm-hmm. just normal trees and stuff. It's not yeah. like Lego trees everywhere, which was a little jarring to me. And I thought it was a little weird, but at the same time, I think I maybe would not enjoy it if I was driving those cars around a fully Lego environment all around, all the time too. Um, because I could see that getting very like, I don't know, weird, um, in terms of like the road structure and stuff that would be in place with Legos. So I don't know. Yeah, um, but I, I've enjoyed playing that expansion a bit. Uh, I'll get back to it. It was just one of the first, it, like I built a new PC and that was the first kind of thing I tested out and sure. I didn't need to set my CPU priority to high. So, you know, I think we're good, but, uh, yeah. What, what have you been playing, Pat? Uh, a few things. Um, so I won't talk super long about it, but I have been playing, uh, I finished the sinking city last night. Um, I really, really like that game. Um, I'm going to have a full review of, up of it. I'm kind of grappling a little bit with how I'm going to score that because mm. it's a, um, I think it's, it's a game that it's, it, it reminds me, I'm going to be very careful with this because it's, it's not like it's like this game in terms of the way it plays and stuff really. But it reminds me a little bit of deadly premonition in that, um, it is, it has some jank, not as much jank as deadly premonition, <laughs> nowhere near as much, but it has some jank, but there's a certain charm to the story charm is a weird word to use to it's very dark but um the story is just very very well told and it's very thought-provoking to me in a way that i find extraordinarily appealing and i think the elements of it that are not as good are not bad necessarily um like the shooting combat in it there's a lot more of it than I would like there to be, but it's not terrible. It's not when you first do it, like you first do it, all you have is a handgun and you get in a fight with some enemies and it takes like three bullets to kill the weakest enemy. And you only have five of them in your inventory. And there's two more enemies left. You go like, Oh, this sucks. <laughs> um, doesn't feel very good. Um, but after a while, like by the midpoint of the game, the combat's not that hard. Um, and it starts to feel a little bit more like kind of resident evilly in a way in that you have limited ammunition, but you have enough to do with deal with the situation, but you need to be very precise and pretty, pretty on point to get through it too. Um, and then by the end of the game, it becomes fairly trivial. Uh, and I just kind of wish that maybe that arc was a little more like they got you to the sweet spot faster and then it stayed there for the rest of the game rather than becoming trivial. But again, that's like a fairly minor complaint. Um, the RPG stuff at first feels kind of dumb because it doesn't feel like the bonuses you're getting are that impactful, but they kind of are as you play, you start to realize that. Um, but the big thing about that game is just like, it's really fascinating to explore the world. The world is extremely well designed. Um, and the characters are fascinating and they just did a really good job with kind of warping a lot of the tropes of Lovecraft's storytelling 
from a substantive perspective, from an aesthetic perspective, it very much just is that, but from a substance perspective, like so much of Lovecraft's, um, work is stories about how he was terrified and xenophobic of like people that were different from him. And so he turned those people into monsters. Whereas what the sinking city does is it examines how monstrous people like Lovecraft are and were, but are, and seeks to like ask whether it's worth perpetuating an existence that those people are in. So it's like Lovecraft was like, maybe it would be better if the world got destroyed because I don't want to talk to a black person. Whereas thinking city is like, yo, racist fucking suck. And they're always around. Maybe we should just end it all. That's kind of like the, the, the core premise of that game. And it's sort of asking those questions. And I find that's just a really compelling story. It's a, it's a, it's like a, uh, I wouldn't say I grapple with it at that level of the like destroying humanity <laughs> level, but it's, it is a question that I find myself struggling with where like, do I have faith in humanity because we have such awful people in the world versus like the good that exists. Um, so it was just really cool to see that told through an aesthetic lens that I really appreciate and to kind of warp a, I, cause I really enjoy the aesthetic elements of, that sort of of Lovecraft's work, but obviously deplore his message. So um, it was neat to see that subverted and it's subverted through like just genuinely good investigation gameplay, adventure game gameplay. Um, and the choices that they ask you to make are really, really solid too. Um, they're they're They remind me of the Witcher in a lot of ways because it sort of gets away from the typical, Oh, it's a dark world. So everything shades of gray. It's not like the, like, well, do you let a child molester go or do you let a murderer go? It's not like dumb, dumb choices like that. Um, it's much more nuanced. Like, um, do you, this person framed you committed murder, but it was because they were blackmailed. So do you turn them in or do you, plant evidence on the shitty politician so that he gets he takes the fall even though he didn't necessarily do anything wrong and that's like those kind of questions are like actively very interesting and kind of made me think like well shit what would i do (laughs) um so i I thought that stuff was really really well done too so i don't know it, it ended up being one of my favorites this year for sure but uh it's very much a me thing and i think kind of more of a niche audience will respond to it that positively i think most people will probably go Eh, it's okay. Um, but, uh, I don't know that I have a lot of, I know a lot of people that I would recommend it to just because it is, there is sort of a layer of jank on it and it deals with themes that I don't know a ton of people who are interested in exploring them, I guess. Um, I will say (laughs) they make a pretty clear statement (laughs) about like one of the things the game does that is, is a little weird about is, um, they claim that they're like showing the times for what they are in terms of like them being racist and stuff, um, people being racist. But for the most part, that racism isn't perpetrated against human being like normal humans, like people of color. There's a lot of people of color in the game and they're all 
like just kind of nor they're not like subjected to lots of prejudice. They're police officers, they're professionals, they're doctors, they're lawyers, they're whatever. Um, which is kind of, and the, the, the reasoning narratively for that racism, not really existing in this town is because there are the fish people there. And basically all the racists moved on from hating like people of color to hating the fish people. Mm-hmm. And I think it's an interesting thing for them to do because um, Austin Walker talked about this in reference to mafia three. Like it's important to show to, to like show racism of the time to a degree when you make period pieces like this, but at the same time, it kind of sucks if you are a person of color approaching the game to like hear slurs for the whole game and hear people being denigrated and treated like shit for the whole game. So it's an interesting way for them to sort of like the KKK is in this game, but they don't go after like any real life minorities in the game. They're going after the fish people because it turns out that they also like naturally hate the fish people. Um, so it's sort of an interesting way for them to show that racism without making you listen to like horrible slurs and speech and, and um, discrimination for the whole game. I think that a lot of that, some people will probably react to it differently and find that it's a cop out and that they're not really grappling with the issues that they claim to be. And I think that that's fair. Um, I, 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 it struck me differently than that. I really liked that tone. Um, I also like the part where <laughs> you can just, there's a part where you're in a, in combat with the KKK. And at the end of it, there's like a dude just in the corner who's injured, not from your fight. And you can absolutely just like pop him and kill him, <laughs> which sort of put me in like the, okay, they know what they're doing. <laughs> this is not like a, let's show the humanity behind this group of awful people. This is a, they are, they're the bad guys, which I, I appreciate it, but yeah. So I don't know. It's, it's, I really liked it, but I don't know that. Right. Well. That's I, I want to check it out. Uh, like the sound of it. It sounds like, it, you know, reminiscent of like vampire and like yeah. with the exploring and the, you know, solving stuff, so, maybe more involved in like the investigation stuff. But yeah. So I was, I said yesterday that I didn't think anyone on this show would like it, but I actually think given that you liked vampire, you might like it a lot because it's definitely the closest game that I've played to it is vampire for sure. Um, if you kind of, and I think the combat in sinking city is better than it is in vampire. So um, like that. and that's also not why you come to these games. Exactly. So. But that was the, my big sticking point with vampire is I really didn't like the stealth and combat sequences. There is no stealth in sinking city whatsoever. And the combat is better than it is in vampire. I think mm-hmm. uh, largely because it's all shooting and the shooting is like, feels a little like spongy early on, but it's not bad mechanically. Like it, it works. Um, mm-hmm. It feels like you're playing just a, basic third person shooter. So yeah. So you might, I think you might like it more than most yeah, it, of like, the folks on the show. Yeah. I know Alex is uh, like not into the Lovecraft stuff. I, I am intrigued by it. Like I'm not super deep into it, but I, I can appreciate some staring into the abyss and the abyss stares back. I think it's a solid enough PI yeah. story about mm-hmm. corruption and like, and, and xenophobic communities too, that even if you're not interested in Lovecraft, you could really get into it. I just think if you actively dislike the aesthetic, you're not going to have a tough time because it is steeped in that. Like it is that for the whole ride. Um, yeah, it doesn't ever pull that back. So yeah. Uh, 
but anyway, that, that game is fun. Um, I'll probably talk about it more next week cause I'm going to get into it a little bit more this week, but I also have been playing, uh, formula one, the formula one game, F1 2019, the code masters racing game. Um, because, uh, in the past week, like, I don't know what clicked for me, but I decided I wanted to go from sort of casual fan who checks the, the, the standings and watches highlights sometimes of formula one to trying to actually watch the races. Um, and, uh, that's been really fun. Um, turns out that I I'm super into that world. It's really, really intriguing. Um, the part of it is because I like, uh, the folks at the shift F one podcast so much, which is Rob Zachney, Daniel Dwyer and Drew Scanlon. Um, that podcast is great and it's a great introduction to formula one racing. Um, they make it super accessible. Uh, and that was kind of my biggest barriers. I always thought it was too complicated for me to get into, but, but with them as kind of a guide, it's really helpful. Um, mm-hmm. so anyway, I've been, I started playing F1 2019 kind of as a way initially to just sort of be able to, learn the tracks a little bit, um, and sort of see them in first person so that I kind of know how some of the ins and out of outs of how they work. That game is like extraordinarily good. Um, it, it is definitely not a game for anyone who's not interested in very specifically formula one racing. Like it's not going to draw in a casual racing fan into that world, but that game is, is, um, one of the best sports games I think I've ever played. Um, because it manages to make all the parts of the race weekend interesting. Um, cause one of the things about formula one is that, um, the race weekend actually starts on, uh, Thursday, I guess, um, prior to the race on Sunday, because there are three practice sessions where drivers time racing or like preparing for the race than not absolutely yes the races are only about an hour and a half to two hours long which is another thing i didn't really realize before getting into it more they're actually very watchable because they're not not, yeah it's not nascar it's not 500 laps nope it's it's shorter races they do 50 laps usually around that um and, uh, so they're much more watchable. Um, they are on very early on West coast time, but, uh, it's worth it to me. Um, but, uh, the, the thing, the, the thing about it that I didn't really realize, I always thought of like, yeah, yeah, practice, whatever you drive around the course a few times and, and just these guys know it already. But when they're practicing, they're doing so much because the drivers are practicing their, their, lap times, getting them dialed in for qualifying on Saturday, but they're also like testing things on the car, doing very minute adjustments to individual parts. And it's helping their pit crews get dialed in to like the specific environment that they're working in. And the thing that's so cool about F1 2019 is it models that stuff. So you start off in practice one with a 90 minute timer and there's three practice. You can set it how you want. You don't have to play it all if you want to shorten the weekend. Um, but like just to get the full experience, I tried setting up a career with the full experience on, um, I'm probably going to restart it at some point, but, uh, the, so like you'll go into practice one and it'll be like, okay, so here's objectives we want you to complete. There'll be like cornering objectives where you have to practice specific corners. There'll be things where it's like, we need you to hit speed in the straights this time. So And so it makes like the practice session super engaging and then it turns into bonuses, but they're not just like, well, now you drive faster. It's like little things like 
okay, so we found that if you go into the car setup and adjust the downforce on the, on the, the front wing, then it's going to be more effective in these conditions or whatever. So you kind of, it kind of gives you like mechanical tips for how to effectively set up your car. Um, and then when it comes to the actual racing, the strategy is really cool because like there's, you have to pit at least once. So there's pitting strategies, there's tire strategies as to when you're going to use which tires. Um, and then there's all kinds of stuff in the career mode for thinking about like, um, you can only have so many engines and gearboxes and stuff. So like if you break certain parts, you can just be out for the season because like the rules say you can't swap the engine out or whatever. Um, so it just models all this stuff in a really cool way. There's other R and D stuff around the, uh, the, 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 between the races and stuff. And then it does also have a kind of semblance of a story too, which is a little, it's pretty good. You start in formula two racing, which is like the minor leagues for formula one, um, which they also have, you can play a full formula two season if you want to. Um, but, uh, you start in formula two, you kind of develop a relationship with a rival and then you both go to formula one. It's lighter than like something like long shot. It doesn't have that kind of from Madden. It doesn't have that kind of like, this is like a movie feel, but it pops up now and then and it is, it is clever. So anyway, that game is, is very, very good. If you, if you have a passing interest in formula one, um, it's definitely worth trying. It is extremely hard. I would say, um, I'm trying to play it on the like medium difficulty and I cannot get more than 10 laps before I spin out and like ruin my whole race. Uh, it sounds like you need a racing wheel. <laughs> yeah. I, I was looking at some stuff. Um, I am going to buy a racing wheel again at some point. I had a racing wheel for a very long time. I just didn't bring it with me when I moved because it was like 15 years old. Um, not that old, but uh, I do want to get another one at some point. Um, the Logitech G920 is a good wheel and it's like a couple hundred bucks. Um, there, I was looking though at this one guy because I was thinking about picking up their uh, Dirt 2.0, the Codemasters mm-hmm. rally game. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a guy who does content and <laughs> he has us like his pedals are a thousand pounds. I mean like the British pounds, a thousand. Oh, sorry. A thousand. So like, yeah. so like $1,200 or whatever, yeah. uh, just for the pedal block <laughs> and his wheel is like, $1,200 and that's just the wheel part. Then you have to buy the mount, which has the force feedback motor in it, which is like another, his setup is like 10 grand. You could almost buy why? a race car for what? Yeah. Wait, why? What? It is awesome. And if I had that kind of money lying around, I would totally buy it. <laughs> but, but, uh, I, no, I do not. I'm, does he have How like a Ferrari that? wheel? Like what, what kind of bullshit is this? What? Yeah. There it's crazy. It's basically like, a real steering wheel that you mount. It, like the actual like F1 wheel that looks like he a- was using a, a round wheel. So not an F1 okay, style okay. wheel, but the, the place his wheel came from, there are, uh, they do sell F1 style wheels. Also F1 style wheels, wheels are crazy because, um, there's F1 is like the closest thing to Mario Kart that exists in real life because, um, they have a system called uh, DRS, which is if you're less than a second behind, 
maybe it's a second and a half, but less than a second or a second and a half behind someone, when you come into certain zones in the track, you can hit a button on your steering wheel and it'll um, open your rear wing, which gives you um, a little bit more speed. So it's kind of like a boost so that you can overtake someone. Um, and so there's a lot of strategy built around that. Like you don't necessarily want to pass someone right before a DRS zone. Cause then they're just going to be able to DRS and mm-hmm. pass you again. Um, and then there's also a system called ERS, which stands for energy recovery system, where whenever you break, um, there's a, there's like an alternator that translates the kinetic energy of you going fast into electrical energy. And then you spend that energy as you go around the track to accelerate. There's like a passive ERS that comes into play where it's like, always helping you but you can push a boost button and then it's like nitrous and it like boosts. Wait, I, th- I thought that was part of formula e nope that's a that's a formula okay. one thing. Okay. Uh, so well then i guess the formula e thing is like the fan boost where like right yes then that's like all the, electric the, the people vote like the people watching get to like give out a boost i'm somehow. not sure they still I, do that but that was okay. a thing that was a that was that a was thing a, yeah uh, esports baby yes uh, recently too, funny thing, um, a, uh, a formula one driver, I think it was in a GT car, not a, not a formula one car, but a formula one driver was beaten on a real track in a GT car by an esports driver who they stuck in the cockpit of a real car, uh, <laughs> and told them to race. <laughs> like, I think it was at some endurance race, IMSA race or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a real race. Like it wasn't staged yeah. and they, they put this, they put this like, fake car driver, but because mm-hmm. cars like auto simulation is so good now, yeah. he, and I'm sure it's not the first time he had been behind the wheel. Like he, yeah. he did the yeah. practice and everything, yeah. but, but he came up by being a, uh, a mm-hmm. esports driver rather than, so it's very exciting because like drivers right now to be a formula one driver, you have to be very wealthy from the time you're born basically, because becoming a professional driver is like you go into car racing when you're six years old and then you kind of progress through different kinds of cars until you hit that pinnacle. Mm-hmm. Um, but it all, it means that like there's the driving families are all dynasties that have like, that are all like million and billionaires. Um, yep. but it's kind of cool because like now esports driving is becoming good enough that one of the cool things about formula one is a the formula one teams and the organization is they don't necessarily discriminate against where you come from. It just so happens that the easiest pathway is to be rich, but like, like they don't care. A team will hire a phenomenal esports driver if they're extremely good on the track. Also, they don't require you to be wealthy. It's not like you need those connections to be a driver if you're good. So it's kind of cool. Um, anyway, auto racing is neat. Formula one is very neat. Um, the last thing that I have though, uh, to talk about is a game from valve set in the Dota universe artifact <laughs> um dota 2 dota 2 dota 3 Do- it may as well be like dota no that's not true it's not like dota really at all um Team i don't play tactics dota underworlds i don't know they can solidarity with workers at riot but they can fucking <laughs> clean up their house before i'm willing to ever put another <laughs> piece of their software on my computer uh <laughs> um Anyway, the, uh, the Dota, Dota Underlords, Underworlds, I keep saying Underworlds, but it's Underlords. Dota Underlords is like a really interesting game that has kind of taken over my house. Um, my partner and I are both playing a fair bit of it. Um, 
and I'm very into what they're doing. That it's a it's a cool. I thought that it was stupid. I was an Andre for a while. I thought this auto chess fad was dust in the wind, dumb junk, nothing special. But now that I see past the part where I thought it was just a slot machine where you put your slot machine gotchas out on the board against another person, it's actually like got a lot of strategic depth and is just fast paced enough to be like in the sweet spot between playing something like Hearthstone and playing something like Dota. Um, and I'm really into it. Have you played it at all, Alex? I know you said you were kind of interested in getting into it at some point. No, I haven't actually given it a shot yet. It looks super neat, but yeah, I haven't given it the time yet. Cool. Um, I think the thing that like I went, Oh, and started to pay more attention to it. Um, I played a couple of games where I just sort of played it like a slot machine and tried to like combine guys. Cause that's kind of how it works. Um, for those who aren't familiar, you're like, you're playing on a chessboard. Every round you have the opportunity to recruit characters. There's about 60 of them from Dota in it so far. Um, and they, when you recruit them, they're a one star. When you get three one star characters, they can combine into a two star character. When you get three two star characters, they can combine into a three star character. Um, characters have different bonuses based on their affinities. So, like, there'll be like a human assassin. And if you have three assassins on the board, it might trigger this effect. But if you have three humans on the board, it might trigger this effect. Oh, but there so aren't three different human assassins, and you can't use the same human assassin for more than one point towards those things. Right. So, so sorry, you have to would sort like, of would like a phantom assassin, and I don't know who's another assassin from that game. Like, would, uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, Anti mage might be okay. Sure. Uh, Sniper. Sniper is considered a ranger. Like, but ranger? like. Then you get into the characters having specific abilities. So they pull one of their abilities from Dota over to them. So like drow ranger has is a ranger and she gives everyone within one tile plus 10% attack speed, I think. Okay. So if you stack up three rangers around her in the back, then they're all shooting faster and they get their ranger bonus, which I don't remember what the ranger bonus. I think they're called hunters. Actually. I don't remember what the hunter bonus is um, off the top of my head. I'm still kind of memorizing all of those things. But the Underlords, one of the things that's great about Underlords is it makes it very easy to see that stuff. It surfaces that stuff very clearly. Mm-hmm. It has a really good UI. So it's helpful in learning all those things. Um, and then there's loot rounds where you fight monsters um, and they and you get items out of it. Uh, they go from very basic, like this unit has plus 10 armor, to like pretty wild in some of the strategies you can build around them. Um, and then you fight other people. And as you fight other people based on the, whoever basically like you send your army to someone else's board and someone else is sending their army to your board Mm -hmm. and you can click around and watch all the battles happening. Um, and whenever you lose on your board, you take damage based on how many enemies survived. Um, and you start off with a hundred health when you're at zero health, you die, you lose. Um, where the game starts to get interesting is things like there is a shared pool of randomized characters. So there's almost like a blackjack deck at the middle. So, um, it pulls a certain number of characters from each tier. So every game, there's going to be a different set of characters available to everyone. And everyone is buying from that same pool. You're dealt five characters from that pool. But if you look at somebody else's board and see, Oh, they're trying to do get a three-star blood seeker to proc a assassin ability, I think he's an assassin and a human ability. Um, 
So I'm going to start buying the blood seekers because I don't want them to have access to them. But that's also taking up space in my inventory that I'm not using to level up my own characters. So you have to start thinking about that kind of stuff. And it gets very fun then when you're looking around the board at what other people are buying. When a person dies and is out, their characters go back in the pool. So that creates some variance as characters are eliminated. So you have to kind of watch what everyone else is doing. Um, And again, there's great UI for that. You can just hold tab and it slides out a tray that shows like icons of what everybody has on the field and on their bench. Um, And then like their win loss record and their affinities that they've triggered. Uh, And then from there, like it just creates this really interesting back and forth because you don't necessarily want to win all the time. I don't know yet how, your record affects your matchups, but I believe like you have a harder time if you're kind of at the top of the board. So you kind of want to be in the middle of the pack and then make certain plays with purchases to jump up and like stay around. Um, Interesting. So it's kind of like Tetris 99. A bit. Yeah. It it, it does have a bit of a like battle Royale feel in the sense that you're only playing with 10 people. So it's not like the same, but you feel good if you come in fourth, you know, like, it's not like if you lose, it's not like Dota where you put 40 minutes into a match and then you ended up losing. So what was the point? It's like you put 30 minutes, the matches are down about 30 minutes a piece. Now put 30 minutes into a match and you came in third and you triggered a really cool board. And like, you had all these cool synergies. My favorite one so far that I've had was, um, and I got to remember. So yeah, yeah. So um, there's a, I think they're called blood seeker or blood bounds, but it's ogre magi is one. It's one of his affinities. Um, and the way they work is, uh, you, it's a two part proc. So if you get two blood bound guys on the board, whenever a blood bound unit dies, all other blood bound units get plus 100% attack damage which seems very powerful, but there aren't that many blood. I think there's only like three, maybe four bloodbound units that exist in the game. So it's strong, but like you have to, you're pretty limited in what your board looks like if you do that. However, in the first two loot rounds, I happened to get uh, an item called bloody contract, which you put it on a character and then they become a bloodbound unit. So all of a sudden I could have two more bloodbound units that are not normally bloodbound units. So I started just dominating because I had f- like five units on the board. Three of them were naturally bloodbound. Two of them were from this contract item. So basically anytime one of my people died, the other four got twice as powerful. And then when one of them died, it stacks. So when one of them died, the remaining three got twice as powerful again. So it just created this board that I was unstoppable. Like my units, they physically grow in size when you trigger that particular ally ability to show it. So I had like a nature's profit that was like taking up half the screen by the end of fights because he was so big because he had gotten like plus 2000 attack damage or whatever. (laughs) Um, But then at the, in the end of it, I still ended up losing because someone else had a crazier, better combo. So I came in third. Um, so those kind of things are just really fun and they change every time. And it feels kind of like playing a card game where you're building your deck as the game progresses instead of just, um, building a deck and hoping the numbers go your way. Um, and because everyone else is kind of on the same playing field, even though there's randomness to the way that the characters are dealt, 
it doesn't feel unfair. I've never played a game where I felt like, Oh, that person just got really lucky and that's why they won. It's always been like, Oh, that person just played the hand. They were dealt better than me. Mm. Um, so I really like it. Uh, they're prototyping a battle pass right now. Their cosmetics are okay. They're kind of, they have different boards, which is cool. Um, but otherwise it's like banners and stuff. So I don't, we'll see how long the legs are from a like battle pass perspective, but, um, it's a very, very cool game. And I hope that it continues to go well for them. They've been really agile in terms of updating and, and balancing also. So, yeah, it seems like they've been very on valve like in that way yep. and like keeping people uh, actually involved and being like, Hey, we're, this is what we're doing rather than being from, like, eh. from the people I've seen tweeting and talking about it, it sounds like they pulled most of the artifact team and put them on this game. Um, oh, dear. Uh, not in a bad way, like in a, in a, like Brad Muir worked on artifact, you know, yeah. like these are, these are smart people. They just had artifacts. Problems are not necessarily in its game design. It is that people didn't want the game. It's not that it's a bad game. It's that people just didn't want it. Um, I think that's really where it's failing is, is that like, cause I liked artifact a lot. I still like artifact. You just can't get a match anymore. So I don't really play it, but there were not enough me's out there, uh, to, to keep it, keep it popular. And then the fact that it wasn't free to play and that it didn't have very solid progression was hard for people to deal with. I think, um, I hope it finds second life too. Like I'm kind of hoping that they relaunch it down the road, um, as a free to play game and sort of rethink how they monetize it and that that will be successful for them. Artifact in second life. (laughs) Artifact underlords. But I recommend underlords. It's cool too. There's cross account progression between phone, mobile and PC. Um, and what's nice is you can get battle pass experience through playing the highest difficulty of bots and the bot games on phones save. So you can save and quit a game. So you can play like 10 minutes of a match while you're like waiting for a bus and then, come back to it later and get battle pass XP for playing that match, um, cool. which is a nice solution to the like games take too long for a mobile device problem. Yeah. For me, that's the main reason. I'm just like, I don't totally have valid. that time to put into that. Like if I was going to play that, I'd want to sit down on the PC, but then there, I'd probably rather play something else. That was my thought. And- yeah. Originally that was my thought too, but I think it is engaging enough when you start to understand the mechanics better to, for it to make sense as like a game you sit and play for. Yeah. Hour. I certainly yeah. would rather play this game right now than any of the like competitive card games. I usually play on PC. This is filling that niche for me and I'm kind of enjoying it more um, because it, it, it feels more level. The playing field feels so level every time you start a game. Um, since there is no sort of like Dota, there is no, everything is there. Like you don't need to, there's cosmetics and stuff, but you don't need to spend any money on it to get every access to the exact same stuff that your opponent has. Um, which is really cool. Neato. Uh, is that all for you today then? Yeah, that's it. All right. Uh, Oh, I have actually one last question about it. Are there any characters that just seem like way OP overpowered? Um, Cause what I've, I've seen people tweeting about team fight tactics, the league of legends variation on this. And apparently Draven is just like busted. There's nothing that I think is like super, super busted. Um, definitely like, uh, Kunkus seems pretty good. Um, so he does a lot of damage. Medusa seems pretty good. Um, sounds like Dota. 
Yeah, but I, so, I wouldn't so say it seems pretty fair. Yeah, I think so. Uh, one thing again, like as you start to understand the game just a little bit, when you see a Kunkka, even if it doesn't really fit your strategy, the response is, well, I need to buy that. So somebody else can have it. Mm-hmm. And when everyone starts doing that, it becomes very hard to level up your Kunkas because like everyone has one. Um, so it kind of mitigates that because a three star drow ranger is going to kick the shit out of a one star Kunkka every single yeah. day. So yeah. it kind of balances itself by once you are playing in leagues with like, as you kind of climb the ladder ranking, everyone starts to go like, well, I know this character is good. So I'm going to buy it. So nobody else can have it. Mm-hmm. Um, the other nice thing that they do, um, I think some stuff is very underpowered. Like there's an elusive, um, alliance that is like, they get better. They can like evade attacks. If you have multiples of three of them, um, I don't think it's very good. I played an elusive board once and it sucked. I got like the shit kicked out of me. Um, but I tried it because I had a daily challenge to evade a certain number of attacks. So the way they use the daily challenges to kind of get you to try different stuff is kind of cool. Um, if you're interested in kind of leveling up your battle pass. Um, so that part's kind of neat. Okay. Cool beans. Uh, uh, Allison, I just discovered something. What? On Steam, they just released the latest chapter of Higurashi. Hey! <laughs> Anyways, sorry. No, what, you're it's good. It's been like, what, over a year since the last one? I think so. Yeah, it just released That's yesterday. Good. Nice. Uh, well, that is going to do it for episode 79 of the Gaming Fix podcast. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, as always, uh, you can like, comment, subscribe I get, uh, on whatever podcast application of choice. Uh, Stitcher, Podcatcher, is that one of them? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you can honestly, honestly say the name of a podcast app and I'd believe you that it's a podcast app. Uh, yeah, probably. Uh, so, yeah, uh, tell your friends, tell your parents. Uh, number one podcast <laughs> with moms in the known universe. Uh, and we will be back next week with more video game action probably a lot of fire emblem talk so probably yeah i'm so excited if you want to hear if you want to hear all about fire emblem okay we have to i think we have to coordinate as a group so we uh so we all pick like a different house sam and i are picking the same house i keep saying that to myself and then i think about the um i'm i'm going in 100 percent blind so uh uh-huh. well yeah i just you know I, the only the only house i know right now is edgelord and i don't know if they're the one i want to pick i don't know which one is edge which one edgelord is it's it's the one that looks like it says edgelord but okay. it's different but it looks like it says edgelord okay okay that but that's all i know about i wasn't it. sure is if you were making such a, a an obvious no. base joke or no it is it is a very it is a very base joke but <laughs> i had the same thought when i saw the house name so <laughs> like, damn uh yeah so uh, that's gonna do it for this episode like i said uh you can find me on twitter at c o o l s l four w uh and you can see some reviews i've got one going up this week for kill the kill if uh, I played a little bit of that with uh, some local multiplayer. Eh. We'll see uh, as I start to write up my thoughts about it. Uh, Pat, where can people find you? Find me at PJC Plays. All right. And Allison. 
Find me on the Twitter at W-R-I-T-E-R-S-E-R-E-N-Y-T-Y uh, with all the uh, amazing cats tweets. Okay. Actually, actually, I don't know if I've even made any cats tweets. Well, now you've promised the people, and now you've got to deliver. Uh, Alex, where can people find you? Wandering the streets, looking at dog gifts. Oh, wow. I, I would have expected cat gifts for you, but okay. That's, you know, you're, you've made a good choice, I believe. Uh, so that's going to do it for us. Thanks for joining us. We will see you or you will hear us next week. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.